Okay, hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the work salary man thing that we do on YouTube and uh, what are we talking about today, Remy? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about, I think, AI, right? Okay. Uh, ChatGPT yeah. for, for writing and, and other stuff. Mid-journey, yeah, mid stable for diffusion for art side and also I think AI in general. Yeah. yeah. I think we should disclaimer first, so we are not AI experts. Uh, I think it's more like two idiots that don't know much about AI but work in a space that AI might disrupt, talk about AI. I think what I can say is that we, I mean, at least I yeah. do use AI to, to help me in my work. And I think recently, uh, there have been some improvements made that made me, you know... Question your... Question my, my <laughs> worth. Right. Yeah, so I, I guess that's why we're having this podcast. Right, so... I'm disclaiming because there are some things that we say that probably will be untrue that y'all can correct us in the comments. Mm. And also like uh, more developments will come. Yeah. Uh, so it's just us kind of... You know, sometimes like there's like a big news event that happened. Mm -hmm. Let's say the time uh, Shinzo Abe was assassinated. Shot. Yeah. Right. Then they'll say like the story is developing. This is mm. kind of like that. Yes. No, no, this, this is exactly like that. Yeah, so we might well, do another exactly. one la, next yeah. time, right? So. Yes. Let's begin, la, right? So, yeah. first point that we want to talk about is how AI is disrupting us. Maybe you should start about that because you sure. actually have been using it actively. Sure. Right? So, apart from this work segment thing that we do, uh, the, the business that we have here, I also run like a content agency that does white label content for, for brands. What's white label? White label is like, I write, right? Mm. Then my name is not on it. They can just pass it off as their own. So they wouldn't say by reaming of the work salary yeah, or something like just, they just use your skills. Yeah. Then they put it up as if they have written it themselves. If they credit someone, they either like write their own stuff or like you know staff writer. Right. Something like that. So I think what I've noticed is that uh, many of the stuff that I used to do for such companies can now be done by Chat GPT. But essentially, what are you doing when you white label? Are you summarizing content? Are you researching and then? summarizing existing content and fitting it towards what the client needs. Is that what it is in a nutshell? Yeah, effectively. So I need to understand what the client's standpoint on the issue is. Mm. For example, this can be like an ESG investing or let's say oil and gas or even like long haul trucking. So trucking, T-R-U-R-C-K, something like that. The truck. T-R-U-C-K-I-N-G. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the so one. You spelled it wrong. But it's okay, I got AI yeah, autocorrect yeah, Spelling is not my Who even knows how to spell, right, right. Alright, <laughs> the spelling bee people will disagree. Okay, 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 so anyway, I think recently a lot of my clients on that side have cut their marketing budget and I have felt it. So I was thinking like, it has been a good run for me, you know, writing all these like white label content. That's what you done. Uh, Did you say like that it's a good run? Sounds very Well, like I, I kind of feel like for, for this aspect, like it might be. <coughs> the truth is right, like I've been a copywriter for 10 years now and a lot of brands pride themselves on being like, Providing very unique point of view on the industry, mm. so on and so forth. But here's the reality. Most of the brand stands on thing is not unique. It's very run-of-the-mill stuff. Right. Like it's very standard stuff that you can find on any other page. Mm. So when that happens, the articles that they, they want to put out, right? Mm. Also tend to be very like generic, like every mother mother son can also can, write can also write one. Yeah, right. And as a result, those articles that I write for a lot of brands, they can be written by ChatGPT. Right. And this is not the same kind of writing that you do for the work segment. Like it's a different level of, of writing, would you say? I think it's slightly different because for the work segment, we try to put in like our, 
personal opinion mm. on, on the thing. Mm. And also, I guess we are not like your regular large company which need to stick to like a very strict, very clean corporate image. Mm. Not to say we're dirty, la, but mm. I think we do take some risk in the things that we say sometimes that mm. might not be what a publicly listed company would right. say. So, so in, your, in your mind, it's like, it's probably going to die soon. It is dying. Mm. And I, I'm grateful that I had I'm so grateful. I had the chance to monetize yeah, this for like a while. I had like 10 years of this. Right, so Because right. it's not just this thing, this agency on yeah. the side they do. It's like, mm. he also was doing like freelance writing. Yeah. And a lot of times, maybe you can correct oh, yeah. me if I'm wrong. So some, yeah, some stuff like I, I used to freelance, freelance write for, you know, stuff like uh, EDMs, electronic direct mailers. Yes, yes. I write like the, the, the subject header, right. you know, there's this thing called like the super subject header. Yeah. And you write like the body copy. I think now all that can be done by uh, ChatGPT. But is it sometimes that it's not even writing? Like you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like it's mm. not. Like sometimes it's a very almost like menial thing where you are like for an EDM for example, an email sure. thing. You are summarizing a thing that is written for something else. Where you're not even coming up with the points. The points are that you're just changing it to another format. Often yes. Often there's a lot of paraphrasing. So it's not just. It's not quite as brain or as critical. It's it's more like it's almost like menial labor, but writing. Is it? Yeah. Right. I would say so. I think one of my most memorable projects that I worked mm. on was writing a newsletter for a pest control company. So, and, and this was, I think, way back in 2016. Yeah. One of the chapters in the pest control company, like the newsletter, it was about cockroaches, right? And then I have to write like a short paragraph on cockroaches and how to get rid of them. Right. So technically, like I'm not an expert on cockroaches. I don't have an opinion on cockroaches and I don't need to be. Yeah. Like the internet is full of like articles Cockroach on things, how to yeah. kill cockroaches. Yeah, yeah. Then if I had to do that job now, right? Yeah. I just take Ch- Chat GPT. Wow. I just so, yeah. generate that. Yeah. Plug it in. Check the things. Yeah. Check the five points or whatever that they generate. Yeah. Then you just if good enough, you're done already. So actually, I would even so this is the exact prompt I'll ask Chat GPT. Uh-huh. You know, like okay. So so the editor will give me like a word space. You know, so mm. I like write a four hundred and fifty word article about how to uh, prevent cockroaches in your household. Use only reliable sources. <coughs> and, uh, let, and let's just let's say my editor wanted to put in a point about uh, putting in a pest controller. Say like, uh, advice on when is a good time to use a pest controller. Then they will in- include that pest controller part. Wow. Then just like that, article can uh, generate. What I'll probably do now is that I will look through the, look, look through the article, do some sense check. Google some phrases and see whether like you probably need to tweak like five percent yeah, on the thing. Exactly. Right? Like, is it legit or not? Yeah. But it will take me like I think five minutes to do the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. And if it takes five minutes to do the whole thing, yeah. Then why would how much can you charge for it? Yeah. And why would they hire me? An in-house person. Yeah, can in-house do person that. can do it. Yeah. That's insane. So yeah. actually, then for your agency now, like, mm. do you hire freelancers to help you do also? Yeah, yeah, I do. So are these just now? I would, yeah, I would say that, uh, oh my god, if you're a freelancer, one of my freelancers reading this, I'm so sorry, yeah. I think like, <laughs> our run is coming to an end. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, oh, you're uh, talking to a camera now. Yeah, 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 our run is coming to it's an end. It's been a good run. Yeah. We've uh, made hay while the sun shines, but the sun may not shine in the same way anymore. Exactly, exactly. And uh, for example, if it's a five-minute job, then, then I'll do it, la, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's brutal to say, but yeah. I mean, it's really true, right? Yeah. So then in that case, why not the businesses will just add, change to use AI? 
Yeah. All your writing agency, like you were all trained to use it, right? So this is a first, so like level one disruption, level one, yeah, yeah. freelancer lose their job. <coughs> level two disruption, Harry Ming lose their job mm. because the, the who go and do. Mm. Then it level must. three is like, you know, the you person- become the AI wrangler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you sense check so that they don't even have to look at it. Yeah. They, they know that. And if anything goes wrong compliance-wise or citation-wise or information-wise, you take the hit. Mm. Yeah, there was a joke on, on, on this that I saw on LinkedIn that I thought was really funny and actually still holding quite true. Quite a lot of wisdom. They said uh, uh, AI will never replace humans because management still needs to blame somebody for it. Exactly. Yeah. So they just so instead of blaming the agency or yeah. me, they will now just blame someone within the company. La. Yeah. But I mean, it's not that difficult to see AI get good enough to the point where uh, a company, an AI company would use that as a unique selling point to say our specialty in our robot or our, our bot is that we we are very, very reliable. Mm. We will triple check and it will all be correct and yet it's still AI. Mm. And that will become something that you can blame or maybe sue for damages yeah, if yeah. something happens. But maybe that is, wow. like, I don't know, two years away. So That's crazy to hear like you say it so blatantly that, you know, it's been a good run. Yeah, I mean... What a brutal thing to say, you know. How about you? Like, uh, you do art, right? Yeah. There's been a lot of changes, uh, a lot of developments on the so, mid-journey side. Yeah, yeah. So, in case you guys don't know me, Journey is this thing that you, it's, it's, like a, it's like AI that you can give prompts on what you want generated mm. and they'll generate all these like very, very nice images mm. for you. I, I think me nice is subjective. I would like Rachel to explain more. It is usually stuff that, okay, first off, I, I, I would like to say that I'm not super clear about Mid Journey and what it does and how it does it. Uh, but it's clear to me at least like, from a very layman perspective that Mid Journey does scan a lot of existing work out there in the public domain or not that artists have, have put out there. And, and I would categorically say that it's wrong because if it's a, I have opted, like for example, if I put my stuff out on the public domain last time, right, before AI came around in this form, it would mean that I'm consenting and I'm okay with my image being on Google search or whatever, ah. the open web in this capacity, I did not opt in to this AI thing for so them to take it. So when you say wrong, it's morally wrong. La. I feel like it's morally wrong. Okay. But having said that also, right, I think technology is a bit like toothpaste in a tube. Once it comes out, you can't put it back in. So now the fight will become like, how do we, how do you deal with it ethically first of all, then how do we create businesses around it that uses it ethically? So one example of, for example, in my space, right, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to a minute about me personally, but one example of, I think something in art and AI that's using properly is that, what they are doing is they're doing experiments with AI where they take their own artwork, their own artwork, only their own artwork, right? They feed it into the, the AI and then train that AI to be their artwork generator. If I'm not wrong, there's a premium service that only allows like that, that specific training of yes. AI to only that user. Yeah. So it doesn't train the entire AI. Yes. Share, share so in that case, uh, if it's truly trained based on your... Like for example, Work Simon got a lot of images. If we can just feed the whole database inside, maybe there's something I'll try. I'll go and pay for all these services and we'll try and then sure. maybe do an, a follow-up video, right? Yeah. I'm sure they can copy. They know what a figure is, they know, and it's also black and white, it's so easy, mm -hmm. right? I would not mind if we had that facility at the office and I don't think it will replace us. So coming back to the original question of does it disrupt me? Honestly, no, no, because um, the disruption when it comes to art and mid-journey and stable diffusion is on the technical and the craft side of things. They can do and execute the production extremely well. And a lot of people are affected for sure. But me personally, no, because I've already pivoted away from my unique selling point being the craft, the drawings out mm. of it. I'll be the first to admit that I'm not the best artist. I'll be the damn near first to admit it because I, I know that. 
I know that and we design our work ceremony style for efficiency one. You know? Mm. So I'm not in that fight anyway. Mm. And also like talk about, you know, uh, it's been a good run. I actually honestly feel and this is not a popular thing to say, I I I, I can anticipate getting a lot of uh hate from uh, my fellow artists about this, but I feel like a lot of the art that is being disrupted or is being copied lah. Like the kind of art that you see being replicated, the styles and such, right, is, is the very popular and the very common one. And if you are somebody that is just an artist following that kind of generally appealing style, you are due to be disrupted anyway. So what you just mentioned, you just described like white label content. In a way, yes. Because, because it's the same yeah, kind of thing. No, because like, mm. if anyone can take on the work and pass it off as their own, yeah. then... There's no yeah, identity yeah, to there's it. There's no USP. So, you are being paid for the craft and the labor and the, the time you spend to summarize it and write it in that corporate style. Yeah. There is that thing for concept art, for cartooning, for illustration, for editorial mm. and stuff. Same also. But having said that also, there are some people who are being disrupted very seriously because they can say, do it in this person's style. And they will copy that person's style. Yeah. And I feel like that, I'm a little bit on the fence because I feel like it's wrong because a person's style, and maybe you can argue this for writing also, is a, is a, is a essentialization of my experiences, my vulnerabilities, what I see in the world, what I take from my favorite artists, and how I change the things that I like to be an expression of who I am. And I think to take that and copy that and to be able to say, do it in this person's style, I feel like it's a violation of that. Mm. That, that, that sanctity that you should give to your artists in your society. So I definitely agree with you that it's wrong. Mm. But I mean, as a, as a practical person, yep. I just accept that it will be done. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's very little you can do about we, it. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, like I heard uh, someone was telling me, Grimes, you know Grimes, the, the music artist, right? Yes. It's brilliant. What she has done is that she has basically, I'm not sure the specifics, so please uh, say more in the comments if I don't get it right, right? She basically let her voice be used open source. Is that she said you can use my voice? Yeah. I just just give, let so me have give a cut. Content, right? ah, give me a cut of it. Yep. But for that to happen, and I think it can happen with AI also. Imagine lah, for example, this is a bit like stock imagery. Imagine if there's an AI thing that I can submit my art to, right? Mm. And say if my art is pro- somebody prompts something and it draws from my art, I get a cut yep. of that that proceed. Sure. So you will need a business model that has the software capability to link all these things together to properly attribute. Because if you look at music now anyways, it's like that one. You go yeah. and see the track records, right? They have to attribute the, the inspiration where they sample the thing. It can be like 10 different artists on one track. I think for the world to right. keep creating new creative content that doesn't already exist, yeah. they probably need to do something like that. Yeah. Because if like, it goes down this route, you know, people are allowed to steal from artists all the way. Mm. And what, what, what the fuck would I go create something Why would new? I be an artist? Right. right. Nah, I just, I'm just a sucker. Mm. Maybe people will still create out of like... Uh, passion and stuff mm. but I mean it won't be in the same way where people push the boundaries of what is possible yeah so I think it also comes down to so our second thing that we wrote down is are we scared yeah I think that's a good point because like a bit like um, the idea of you, you're talking about your company and stuff I feel like what we do at Work Salimant has gone a bit further than just you read us for the things we have to say the technical things because honestly speaking right mm. I think the all the financial No yeah yeah it's fine. Like I mean it's been said already. There are so many great places to read about like Yeah, there are not to read us, about yeah. what is a read. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's a read? Yeah. What what is the ETF? What's, uh, what's the bond? The, what's the 50, 30, 20 rule? Like all these financial precepts and common good advice is all out there. Yeah. We are adding, we have added to that convo a bit, I think, but we also are not. We are we are not just here for technical expertise also, and we never claim to be the only technical expertise. So mm. I feel like for us to stay uh, relevant, yeah. what we will need to be is I think also a brand that, you know, you, you don't just want to read it because we know the technical information. You want to you wanna be able to trust that we have passed this world of information. Then we, we curate a certain amount of it for you. When you say pass, it's P-A-R-S-E. P-A-R-S-E, yeah, right. sorry. Yeah, okay. we look through it. La. Got it. You know? yeah. So I, I don't feel particularly threatened as the work salary man. La. Sure. So for me, if I yeah. were running this agency, only this agency, mm. then I'll feel terrified. Right. But I mean, you mean it, the agency outside of work salary man? Yeah, exactly. Uh. But it's been 10 years, you know, I yeah. have found op- ways to diversify my income. Mm. And I think like, I guess the feeling I have is sort of, let's say you work in a corporate job mm. and then they're going to outsource part of your job to a uh, back-end, back-end office. Let's just some, somewhere in uh, the, the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Then they'll say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll outsource these functions to, to this yeah. thing. Maybe you yeah. take a pay cut yeah. because you're doing less work. Yeah. And for me, it, it, is a, it is a shock, but it's not like anything too, too devastating mm-hmm. Be- because I have de- diversified like, you know, right. uh, in- income streams. Right. Yeah. And I guess 10 years is a long time to anticipate change. Yeah. And during this time, like, you kind of can save up, you can mm. invest your money, build passive income, all, the, all that stuff. Yeah. When it comes to start and work, I, mean, I also don't, I do not feel threatened as of now because mm. we have kind of become like a personality. Uh, as much as possible, I try not to make our articles too similar to any other things you can find online because mm. otherwise then what will be our selling point be? Mm-hmm. So I think there's always uh, a takeaway that is not something that AI can do mm. yet. yet. Yeah, at uh. least, at least. Because like, what if they can say, do this in work salaryman style? So I work very easy. Mm. I work they can definitely do already. Yep. But what they can't replicate, for example, is if I decide to put a little Pikachu reference, yeah. that might not come so naturally. I have to actually prompt it and say, okay, that's a nice drawing of a dinosaur. I say dinosaur because we did a cockroach post recently. Then I snuck a little Pikachu meme, the, the shock Pikachu. There. That's something that I would, have tell, I, would, I would need to tell the AI to put in, yep. which is not a big deal, you know? But yeah. I had to originate the idea. Humor, right? Yeah, humor, humor references. Yeah. Um, then one of the panels I referenced the Nirvana uh, album cover. That is something that also I I think some people appreciate that AI might not go and try to do yet. Yeah. You know. So yesterday I tried writing uh, a work article, article, article uh. using ChatGPT. How do you prompt it? Right? So I wrote something like write a 600 word essay hmm. about whether or not globalization has made our life better. Okay. Then it generated blah 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 blah. blah. And actually yeah. all the points were stuff I already had in my head. Right. Then that's when I realized like, oh shit, you know, I can replace this part of, right. of my profession. Mm, mm, mm. But then I looked at the ending, the ending like, no vibes, you know. Right. Like you read it, it's like, oh okay, it seems like a, a essay written by like, like a GP kind of thing. Like, like right? a GP student. Mm, general papers. Just yeah, trying yeah. to not take any risks. Yes. So I had to re- rewrite like the whole ending yep. and add in like uh, references so that right. Okay, like pop culture references throughout the article. Right. So that a lot of people stay engaged. Yes, yes, So yes. with a lot of uh, all these generic content, mm. I think what they do is that they just spit out facts. Mm-hmm. Not in a good way, you know, mm, like mm. spitting facts. No, it's not like that. <laughs> they just like list... Like a rapper. <laughs> they list, list 
fact, 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 yeah. fact, yeah. fact, fact. Like, all good, all yeah, right, it's all, all good, right. Well but research, like, there's yeah. no human, there's no... There's no souls to it. Yeah. yeah, so I guess if you're a writer, you need to kind of cater to your audience. Right. So if I write for a Singaporean audience, I'll put a S- Singapore reference. Like, for example, you know, when we're, when we're young, we all drink this, like, thing called a sung pao. Sung pao is like a... It's like a plastic thing, then it's frozen, okay. then you bite on it, then you, you know the sung pao, right? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but okay. Okay. Or the, uh, I, I think I call it a different thing. Ping pang. The, 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 the hard, like two bits one, then you can twist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh. So, sung pao, yeah. it's okay, called sung pao. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I don't, don't be annoying. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> because AI draws on like a lot of these yeah. uh, stuff, stuff that's already online, and the fact is, like, a lot of stuff, a lot of literature online is yeah. created by uh, Western countries. Like ah, stuff that happened in the UK, ah, in the US. I, I get where we're going, yeah. So they will not get a, like a uniquely Singapore reference like mm-hmm. the Seng Bao. Right. And I think like that is one way to continue being to relevant. Yourself, right. To To kind of make it, re- to know your audience well and put stuff in that AI does not know. Right. So of course, if I was writing for, let's say, Malaysia, Indonesia, or even if I go to the UK, yeah. I'll put in like a UK reference. theme reference yeah. or Australian reference. Right. So it really is about knowing your target audience. I think another thing that you said that I really think is very key also is you said risk. Mm. That the ending has no risk. Yeah. And I think risk management, not in the financial sense, also is very key to content. Yeah. And it's something that really helps you to... Because it's a bit like comedians when they tell jokes. Sometimes they have to take a shot. And the yeah. risk is that it's not funny or you cannot cancel or somebody yeah. don't like what you said. If you don't take that risk, the rewards are the same as everybody else because we are all playing content-wise in that same space. Yeah. What... What I think ChatGPT cannot do yet is you cannot say write a 450 word essay about globalization that will not get us cancelled but toe very close to the line in a way that it offends 30% of the people but not the majority. ChatGPT mm. cannot yet analyze societal zeitgeist emotions about a topic, especially if it's news. I love how we're adding yet to everything. Uh, yeah, lah, because who knows? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we never, I never thought AI would come around so far. So it has reset everything. Everything now for me is a yet. Mm. Like people said, I remember I, I had a lecturer uh, in school and then we were talking about AI actually. This is like way back when. And um, we were arguing about it and then somebody said, yeah, but AI can never mimic human emotion. Yep. And I like what my professor said. Uh, shout out to uh, Martin Reiser. He's a professor. La. He said, what is emotion? Honestly, you think about it. To him, la, and, I, and I think he had a point there. He said, it's just the one or zero. I feel positively or I feel negatively. So within that positivity or negativity, there are shades of it. Mm. Like if I'm jealous, jealousy is something that has a spectrum to it. I'm positive because I think this is a worthy achievement that this person achieved. Negative because I want it and I don't feel good about it. It's just shades of spectrumized things, you know? I think everything is a spectrum. So why not? Emotion also can AI. So what's to say that originality or creativity or the process of creativity cannot be formularized. In fact, Stanford University has standardized it. They call it design thinking. It's, I forgot the actual step. It's something like, um, uh, first one is to empathize. It's second one yeah. is to It's like the scientific design. method. There's yeah, like a whole bunch in, of steps. Yeah, then, then uh, iterate, then test. Something like that. It's five steps. Uh. Yeah. And when they say that, I, I listened to one uh, AI guy talk about the Stanford model. He said, and you do these five steps properly, and define the problem properly, you will eventually create some inventions that are interesting. Mm. It is just follow the steps only. Yeah. So who say creativity and soul and the ability to take risks cannot be digitized? Don't know. Mm. Right? But anyway, coming back to that, I, I really think like, that's why we have to keep pushing ourselves to not just say easy things and formularize things that 
confirm people will like. We have mm. to sometimes push to not purposely offend people, but if we feel something in our hearts, we will try to say it and take that risk yep. of possibly making content that some people don't like. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that ironically keeps us safe, you know, then until we go too far and actually get cancelled. Yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. So. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. I, yeah. Hope, I, I hope we don't get cancelled. Yeah. yeah, so so we talked a bit about is it right already. I think yeah. like on the artistic front, I feel like it's still a very uh, new thing. So people are figuring out. Like whenever new things come around, like PMD last time, the government will watch it for a while, then the laws will come in. So maybe mm. next time there'll be laws about how to claim copyright and how these kind of things work, you know? But in a in a latter stage, like what do you think about in terms of like, okay, but technology marches on. You can't, mm. like you like to say, um, you you have to see things for what they are, yeah, not what they should be. So of course, I wish like we live in a world where our ev- rights are respected first. Yeah. then technology happens. Yeah, and like everyone can be gainfully employed. Right. But who's going to stop uh, big corporations and like people who push the envelope? from creating better and better technology. Honestly, who can? I think no one can. Corporations are just about the most powerful things, you know, like government maybe, but also government will need to appeal for powerful companies and rich companies to be with their country. I think there could be a tipping point where let's just say AI now does 90% of the job. Okay, maybe not, 90% a bit ridiculous. I'm not like writing some fiction novel. Maybe 60% of the job. Then there's a lot of unemployment because of this. Then, uh, they'll say like, okay, you know what? We are going to ban AI yeah. so that employment can go back to the people. Yeah, yeah. Then but maybe, have, yeah. yeah. But even then, you have to consider this is a country that sacrificed like uh, much of technology, productivity, uh, yes. productivity yeah. to give its people opportunities, right? Yes, yes, yes. As a country itself, it will be less competitive than some For other sure. country where they don't have this restriction. Yeah, because unless the whole world there is some yeah. accord where every, yeah. all the countries meet and say AI is a threat in which some people argue, you know, they yeah. say that AI might destroy the world. I also not well informed enough. Actually, you know, that that would be my preferred uh, outcome. Well, you want AI to just be banned? Not banned, like limited. But you see, there are a lot of also very hidden things that are happening that is good with AI that AI has done that. Yeah. We never even account for that we have not seen. Yeah, which is why it's limited, not, not banned. But then who makes the call, you see? Because mm. for example, like, that actually the AI revolution people think is starting with ChatGPT. No, it started like years ago. Mm. For example, one case was that uh, prior to using AI help, they only identified a small percentage of the kind of protein that can, and then using AI somehow they have, in a span of a very short t- time, identified most of it. Yeah. The, all the iterations of proteins or something like that. Yeah. You know, so there are things that are being done in AI that just quietly works, you know? Yeah, of course. If you over-regulate it, it might be that. But I also think there's an argument that uh, a small percentage of the world are beneficiaries of techno- technological advancements. Like for all like the advas- advancements in like microchips and stuff, right? Do the people in like, let's say, Somalia, do they benefit from it? I don't think so. But it depends also because some of these benefits, like we might get so used to it that we don't see it. Like I think back to industrialized, uh, the industrial revolution also, mm. and how I think people were saying a lot of the same things, you know, that that we're saying now that doesn't yeah. mean we don't work anymore. Mm. And what happens? And it is obviously not like we just, use that that increased productivity to do even more and better things. And I think moving on like we can talk about like the kind of roles yeah. and the kind of jobs that this will be affected. Um, I think you, you made a point previously about how jobs uh, can already be displaced by overseas labor that is cheaper and this is very prevalent in my industry. I was trained as an animator, I've always wanted to be an animator. 
Um, I'm just a, a big fan of the medium, but animation, if you don't know it, is uniquely labor-intensive because for every second of animation that you see happening on the screen, right, it requires 24 drawings. You know, it's not like film where you just press the thing, the shutter keeps rolling. Mm. You have to draw everything, you know, so it's very, very labor-intensive. And in Singapore, labor is just very expensive because it's an expensive country to live in and there's not a lot of people here. So what happens in my industry and why I, even though I've gotten a postgraduate degree in animation, I've never done animation full-time, is because this disruption was already happening like prior to AI. Yep. It's called Fiverr. Uh, it's called Fiverr, it's called Geo Arbitrage, it's called uh, foreign labor because like when remote working came around, when it was easy for us to send a shot to the Philippines to do, Filipino artists are so damn talented and there's so many of them and their cost of living is lower than Singapore. It is literally almost like to get someone who is better than me, you just send to Philippines, right? Same time zone somehow, no? It's at one-fifth the price. Mm. So then, then how can I compete based on, on that level? So in my, in my opinion, uh, in, in the art side, it's already been happening. Mm. And if you were able to make a living doing uh, executional or production work, yeah. Here in Singapore, you will need to have found a unique setting point anyway. Like mm. one, one which he mentioned was that, ah, if I'm serving a Singapore client, and Singapore is a rich country, where there are a lot of clients like government, for example, I want to make a film about this and that. Yep. I can outsource the creation of the, the sales and the drawings to Philippines, but the conceptualizing, the, the telling the story, they might not know what Dragon Playground is. Yep. They might not understand the significance of a void deck. Uh, what does it mean to hang laundry outside a window? And that's where I come in, uh. Mm. Right, that's my unique setting point, but it's definitely not. It's about knowing an audience. Yeah. yeah, it could be the art if my art is steeped in that locality, and that's where I apply my, that's where I apply my trade as an artist. You know. Yeah. But the USP thing uh, has been around. Your 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 need to find a unique setting point, and I think this extends to all industries. Right, does everything has been around for very long already. I think like the more generic your work, the more you should be concerned. Yes, yes, yes. And I think like this. I mean, what you say for artists also apply to yeah. many other stuff. Mm. I think if you find that in your workplace, you're doing like the, the tedious, the churn thing, work. the churn yeah, work, right? yeah. I think in the future, the churn work, will, they will first go to foreign labor because foreign labor cheaper. Yeah. Then when AI become viable, yeah. it will go there also. Yeah. So one of potentially see is that in Singapore, a lot of us were brought out on like road, road learning. We learn like model answer. We learn that there's only one way to do it. All right, that's a correct answer. Yeah, that's a correct answer. Yeah. And I think nowadays in school, they try to do mm. it differently. But for a large part of, uh, at least- It my, was outcome based. My, yeah, my, my generation. Right. right. There's like a model answer for everything. Yes, yes. There's a certain way to do it. Yeah. What scares me is that uh, these type of roles that rely on like model answers and all, mm. model generic answers, these are, most threatened yes, by AI, by, yes, by AI. Yes, yes. and I feel like if if our generation we don't learn how to okay we don't learn how to like rethink and reinvent ourselves yeah and we keep thinking like oh there's a model answer to yeah. this yeah. uh then then we're pretty screwed yeah we are I pretty think screwed. so too mm. so like one refuge I've been thinking about so outcome based I also think like that means that um you know the process is important and and that is. Pretty much when we talk about education, that always seems to be what I hear. Yeah. That it should be more process-oriented where uh, kids are encouraged to learn not to get the right answer, but to, to go through that process of making mistakes and iterating and testing mm. things, you know? And that's a, they, they are saying a better way. So like, instead of the teacher saying like, oh, that's wrong. The teacher uh, will ask like, oh, uh, 
what's the series of thoughts that led you to think yeah, this way? I mean, right. it was already around a little bit when we were students. They mm. want to see the working. Yeah. If you just get a correct answer, you never do exactly. the working, you never do the model, they also mark you down. Exactly. So it was already kind of there. But, but on the art side of things, like, I've been thinking a lot about it and I feel like one refuge that, for example, musicians have that we don't have so much, but I have also like, is performative aspect. How to be mm. acoustic with what you do. Yeah. Maybe writing also have, you know, but I'm thinking things like live streaming, you know, that's one way I've been thinking about it. I will make my own comic, but I also live stream the process and then talk to the viewers because that's something that AI is not able to do yet. Mm. Right? And then musicians, for example, I've also seen personally, the YouTube musicians I follow, right, they're, they're becoming more and more, and that's what lo-fi is also. Lo-fi has a certain flawed quality to it and it's in that flawness that makes us human, right? Because they say that like, to, to air is to, to be human. Yes. And then to get the computer to do it means to do it perfectly. There'll be a point where a computer can mimic our mistakes as well. And that's part of a style. Mm. Because if you think about art, what is a style? A style is, if I draw a hand in my style, it means it's the way that I draw it that is not like reality. Mm. It is, in a way, the mistakes that I'm choosing to keep. Yeah. That's why I say like sometimes your style is your... Wow, profound. Your, your expre- extension of yourself. It sounds profound, but actually to artists, it's very standard on. So you've got a typo... Sorry, like, it's, it's my, my style. It's my style, uh-huh. it's my style, yeah. Maybe next time writing is like that, you know? Because you think about, for example, the spelling of the word am I right? Yeah. If you write it in a certain way, like A-M-I-R-I-T-E, it, it is not correct, but it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. It's an informal thing to it that also can change the way that I interact with the text, right? Yeah. So it could be true also. I think the right. handcrafted thing definitely, you definitely got a point there. Yeah. So I went to Kyoto not too long ago yeah. and there was this like, a uh, small shop making mm. handcrafted uh, bags and stuff. Right. And I thought, wow, very cool. Yeah. I want to own one. Yeah. And I will own one of these like handcrafted bags, right? Mm. Over like a mass produce, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what young people wear now. Is it like yeah. Gucci or something? Well, I don't know. You sound uncle as fuck right there. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like like one, of these, one of these like mass produce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, athleisure yeah, bags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I will, I will actually go for the more handcrafted one. Yeah. So I think there's still a market there. Yeah. Okay, so I guess it's the same reasoning as why would some why would people pay three hundred dollars for a nice handcrafted bag yeah. where there are fifty dollar mass produced alternatives? Because the market. it it is made by a real a person. Exactly. And I treasure that. Okay, but also right, there needs to be a caveat here also. Mm. This three hundred dollar handcrafted thing only works because the norm is the mass, mass producer. produce, yes, yeah, yes. So people will buy it as it's a way to feel like uh, I stand out. It's a counter-culture culture. Be special yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And it's the same thing with life uh, experiences. And I think busking has great potential in this because when I show up, even though it's performing the song that I've heard before, the little cracks in the voice, the little trills that I do, the improvised solo is different mm. and I only get one of it. Yeah. And, and I think if the world shifts to that point, especially around media and the creative scene, you know, I think that would be great that, that we live for experiences, not to have the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, so the process, like, like I might improvise a, a music with you, I, I get you to sam- sample your voice in the mic, then I, I play something with your voice playing on a loop. Then that becomes something that we create together. You know, as an artwork thing, I might go on a live stream and I ask you all to give me prompts. That's why one of my favorite YouTubers, this guy called Harry Mack, mm. he's a rapper. He goes on Omegle, he asks people to give him three to five words, then he'll rap a, a freestyle thing. Then he'll say things like, oh, look at the curtains in your room and the hat that you wear. And he weaves all that into a rap. And I think that's brilliant. That is, to me, the future. Really. So that, that's how media is done. So what you describe is like, 
interpersonal skills. Yes. Like making a person yes. feel valued and yes. and wanted, right? Yes, it's a human to yeah. human thing. I don't want it perfect. Mm. I want it. I want an interpersonal connection. And this this may be the turn off of it. Like, so we treasure personal experiences more. So with that in mind, I guess like jobs that require you to meet a lot of people. Yeah and actually foster good relationships with them, that might actually also... A chance for you yeah, remain to valuable. your USP. So, of course, a robot can come and you know, sell me property. Yeah. Of course it can. Yeah. But why trust the robot? Or you know, why, why, why be like, oh, you know, yeah. there's no human connection to the robot. Yes. Maybe I will not choose that. Maybe the robot next time can also mimic that. Then we're in real deep shit. Right? So, uh, robot as it is now. La, yeah, right? yeah. 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 Like, like something that my wife was... was was just kind of speculating that I thought it was a bit scary because she was playing Harry Potter and in Harry Potter there's this thing called the Mirror of Eriset mm. and it's a thing where if you look at it it will show you your deepest desires mm. right so she was saying like one day if, if I die uh, what if there's an AI that's good enough right? I can put my essence into something right that she can talk to every day that's a Black Mirror episode is, is it literally this yeah that you can live on forever as a AI thing the Black Mirror is a clone I see, I see. Yeah, then, then what does that mean? What is it even to be a human? Because my superficial interactions on my five senses is all consistent there. Then what does that mean really? Mm. You know? Mm. And then I don't think we're at that stage, like, you know? So maybe that one we leave as a further discussion kind of thing, you know? But for now, I, I still think while it is pretty far in already, there are yep. still a lot of things that we can do. Do you personally have some like, sort of like a young writer was coming to you and say, oh no, Remy, I'm worried. I'm just going to graduate. How, how, how am I going to adapt? Well, I think as a young writer, you probably need to build on your personality and become like a public figure-ish sort of person. I think public vi- figure. I think like visibility. My politician. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, my choice. Is it like have a personal branding? Is it? Yeah, like yeah, branding? yeah. Come on, like personal branding. People know who you are, sort of right. thing. Because if not, then you are just a generic voice. Right. Of course, your writing must be good. But yeah. if you can put a face behind the writing, then I think it would mean a lot more to people. Because if you, re- if you read like generic content online, it's like, it's no one. It's a true right. way. It could be AI. Right. If I find out this person had, uh, has real experiences, yeah. a real story, yeah. then I'll be more invested also. Right. I think that is definitely one way to continue being a writer. Yeah. Another way is to, like, like, like what I mentioned earlier on, customization. Mm. Doing stuff that AI can't do yet. Right. So understanding how AI works, AI needs to, at least ChatGPT, needs to draw upon a large body of work. Mm. But if the body of work don't exist yet, it can't draw upon yes. it. So technically, I could write a story about this new and exciting thing, provide a new take on it. And AI won't be able to do that yet because mm. the event hasn't happened. But after I write it, AI can, can kind of steal my point of view. But at the moment where the event breaks, you are still the first person to get it out there. I think there's an additional caveat to that. So it's not just that it hasn't been written about before. Mm. It's that it's not popular yet. Mm. Because somebody could have written some obscure thing that has that point. But before it breaks in, because AI will, I think that's how they do it for large language learning models. Because they still have to sample something. Mm. They have to prioritize, you know, and they'll prioritize the things that come up more often. So when you run your thing through like AI art, for example, Usually the same-ish kind of thing pops up unless you you try to affect the prompt a little bit try by indicating like fuck it up. I think what is more important now is that you develop your conceptual skills. Mm. You understand how to think of premises, think of concepts, think of situations and iterate it. So actually this will require you to go and look at how to use AI. Yep. I'm a bit behind because honestly with our work we don't need we don't feel the pressure to go and learn it so fast. We have mm. something that keeps us occupied. 
but we are also like Redmi's already starting, and I'm gonna go and buy a, a a solution that lets us put our all our work assignment things inside and see if I can come up with a work assignment our assistant mm. because I have to do that to stay competitive, you know. Yeah. And these two can go hand in hand because the things that I conceive that I I I think about, if I have a very radical idea like oh I want to make a movie about, uh I don't know like uh. I had an idea called a Topekong uh, Association. Sure. Where it's about this like because there are these deities in Singapore, you know, that they put at the foot of trees. Like what if the deities could have this kind of meeting once every year, then like every year I do a comic strip where it covers the meeting and then how they argue and then how they gerrymander and draw the lines. Yeah. I thought it'd be really funny. But the reason why I'm not working on it is because it'll take me time, la. You know, I, I go home, I wanna watch Netflix with my wife and play games and stuff. See, ChatGPT probably can't replicate that because they don't know what's the topic on. Yeah, the prom cannot do straight enough, you know. Mm. So I'll have to do a lot of the hard carry. But imagery wise, I might also be able to say if I can feed them the idea, I feed them twenty iterations of topic cons, and then say, okay, based on this aesthetic, can you generate fifty for me? Yeah. Then I have ready. I can take those fifty, then I choose the ones that I like, and then I oh this is the issue one, or oh, this is this one, this is the camera one, you know. Mm. Then that can help me. So focus, I think, on conceptual, which is actually related to what you said to have something unique to say that people recognize you for. Yeah, yeah. It's branding already. Bopin uh. This one we must do already, right? Yeah. That's how we stand out. Really, like like you said, like if your thing is generic, generic is unidentifiable as your thing. You are probably one of the first to be replaced and. Is a competition that you as a young person cannot afford to lose, huh? because we are a bit established. Honestly, if we were to start work right now, uh, we were mm. saying right, well, it's so hard. Eh? There's so many other sites that do great the work. same kind. Yeah. yeah, great work too. And when we started, we did rely on these like technical churn work. Sometimes you know, we we'll explain what a bond is. Yeah, we talk about uh, SP five hundred VWRD VWRA, mm. and these are nowadays quite standard advice. The fifty thirty twenty. Yeah. You know, I guess for us after four years, mm. I think nobody want to hear six month emergency fund anymore. Yeah, nobody want to hear, not because it's bad advice, yeah, but they didn't know advice. it already. Yeah, so I think even for ourselves, we had to adapt and talk about not just money but the things peripheral to money. Yeah, and I think that's how society, yeah. economy, psychology, I think that's history. How we have stayed relevant. Although mm. I know some people say very preachy, but yeah, I mean. Sorry lah. Okay lah, we, we, we pick our battle. I guess so. when you express your opinion, you will be preachy. Yeah, so, so that's the risk that we take lah. Yeah, and exactly. the risk, uh, some of the downside is that we lose some of your law. Mm. And uh, I think so far it's been okay lah. Yeah, 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 I think it's fine. You know, when we also talk about what types of job will be, be affected, I think, like you say, like uh, a lot of people will die in the long term. A lot of these people that will die are the, the middle to the low end of your talent pool. Their careers will die. Their careers will die, yeah, right. sorry, okay. yeah. So you must stay competitive. Even if your fight is still technical, you know, like the 0.5% of the top, 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 top of your technical executors will still survive. Like. If you are the absolute best painter, you'll be okay. You know, but even then, like you might need it in terms of doing your, because painters don't just paint a painting. They will study, they will do compositional studies and things. So nowadays I'm imagining like if, if these painters were around, they would use it to do compositional studies or color studies yep. to iterate at one time 50 different shades of this green and to see which one works for me. So to, to reframe it, mm. it's like some people can become the top 0.05% mm. by using AI to yes. help them. Yes. Right? If you don't, uh, maybe you make that a part of your process, it's super handmade and then that's your unique selling point or you will just lose to people who use it. Mm. You know? An- another, another point that I have to add a bit I, I guess uh, abstract and, and, and a bit further away is, is chess. If you, if you think about chess, um, 
in I think 1998, uh, that was when IBM designed this uh, computer model to play chess. Mm. It was a huge machine. And it actually defeated the world number one, Gary Kasparov at the time. And at that point of time, chess was basically, you can't win a computer. The computers will, from that, that point, my, my phones, if I download an app, the app is powerful enough to beat a lot of human players. Yeah. But people still watch chess. People still enjoy watching Magnus Carlsen. Because it's real. Because it's real. It's real. Because chess is also, has a very physical and human component to it. Like I read something about that, that, that somebody was saying like a chess game sometimes can make them lose weight, like a few kg of weight because it's such a mental toll, you know? It really burns one. Mm. So now it has become, I think at the turning point of like 1998 where Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov, it became how good can a human player be? Yeah. And Magnus Carlsen and other chess experts absolutely use chess. In fact, there was a... a use AI. A, a use AI, yeah, sorry. Use the AI to... Because uh, it, it, it stunned me, you know. Uh, Magnus Carlsen said something about AI that, that left me speechless. I, I thought about it for a long time. Magnus Carlsen, widely thought of and can be debated as the greatest of all time, right? Sure. He said, like, he uses AI, the, the computer chess uh, models to study... Because he can, because they can calculate so far ahead, right? That they can make moves that to a human player who is actually a bit more risk averse when it comes to chess, because you don't want to lose pieces, right? Yeah, yeah. They sometimes make plays that are like boggling, like why the fuck? Then you lay down rest. Oh, I see. Mm. So he said, right? Sometimes the computer models, right, can make moves, right, that are so strange that it could be mistaken for creativity. I was stunned when I heard that. You know, that was the first time that I really turned because. What, what is creativity essentially? It is something new that has never been done before. Yep. But the, the computer is not operating on taking risks at that level. They are not speculating. They have calculated every iteration. Sure. But on the surface of it, it looks like creativity. So ironically, by not having any emotion, things they can be created. Are so, yeah. So what he does is that he's studying all the moves that they can make. And because he studies these models, he has become a bad chess player. Mm. He can understand what kind of play I might take in the future Got because it. they have played it before. Yeah. So it's, it's so crazy and we still watch chess mm. because we want to see how good can a human be. And I feel a little bit positive that in the future, even if AI can draw by enemy, I don't care. I want to see a human do it because I'm human. So I think in that regard, if, if we all turn towards that direction, we should be safe, eh, honestly. Because we would still want to do human and interact with human things. Even if a computer could, I don't care. I want to see somebody do. I want to see a painting in which this person has sweat on and, and has his fingernails maybe mm. scratched off on it. That is the good stuff. It's a bit like how photography came around and then all the painters that used to paint yeah. portraiture. Oh, we're done. Then it ushered in the new age of abstract art, you know, of impressionism, things like that. Mm. So I think really got another phoenix that will come on these ashes. I hope so. I mean, and I hope like it will be within our, our lifetime. Our lifetime, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, to end off, I'll probably say, you know, uh, a lot of our careers might be disrupted in yeah. like the next 10 years or so yeah, if, you, yeah. if you are a fellow millennial. Yeah. I think we probably just coming long ago called uh, change happens slowly than all at once. Mm. I think you might find that even though your, it seems like your job is secure and even though like your company say, your boss is saying like, oh, this change will happen like, yes. you know, uh, in a very long time. So sometimes change will just happen all at once. Yes. Like I remember you showed yeah. me the Burger King ad. Do you remember that one? I think back in 2017. Yes. Burger King released this like hilarious ads written by AI. But then I think now you will see that like 
in just a matter of six years, AI fixed a lot of the yeah, problems. Yeah, the premise being that the AI-generated scripts were so ridiculous. I also remember like on Facebook, some people sharing like, we got AI to write a Batman script. And then yeah. people were like, ha ha, so bad. And then now people are like, oh shit, they're going to take our job. So really, it, yeah. it was like, ha ha ha. Then suddenly not so funny anymore. Yeah. Not all at once, suddenly, it seems like, hey, are we in deep shit here? So <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of us should probably treasure our careers a lot more. Mm. Sorry to bring this back to personal finance, yeah, but yeah. you know, invest for the long term, mm. you know, buy cash generating assets or assets that you appreciate in the future. Do any house spend money because you do not know when this change will hit you. Yeah. And also stay relevant, continue. Your skills must always be relevant, more than ever. Like a, a big reckoning is coming, I think. Mm. You know, and it, I don't think it's all doom and gloom, but we will have to make the effort to, to switch things up. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you don't switch now, it will force you to switch later in a much, much more drastic way. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I think yeah. we, are, we are done. Same you way. want to do the thing that, you know, in case... Oh, I don't know, I'm tired of it. You're we tired we of just it. keep doing this thing where we always say, like, oh, okay, in case uh, we die from this, or oh, in case robots replace us, do. we die of dysentery, you know, it's been a good run. 